I have made you for. For surely I have preserved even this state as a reserve force for me, saith the Lord, in the days ahead. For surely there is a strength that shall come out of this land that shall be, as it were, an immunity and an inoculation effect for the rest of the lower 48. For there shall be a strength that shall come forth of the clarion vision of the Lord and the prophetic unction of my anointing, saith the Lord. And there shall be strong ones, and I shall bring forth warriors out of this land that shall not be afraid in this day, and that shall say, Cannot this generation be changed? And I shall begin to impart my heart even upon those that are hungry and those that are thirsty. For surely I shall bring forth my ability out of humility, and I shall cause those that are open in this hour to begin to hear what I'm saying from heaven, and I shall begin to bring a transference of even the blessing, even as the mantle fell upon Elisha as it came from Elijah. There was the double portion effect, and I shall do that even for you if you'll ask it of me, saith the Lord. For did not I say that I would give you the nations if you would ask? And this is a place that shall begin to cry out, not just for this territory, not just for this state, but for the nations surrounding, and even from far-flung places, I shall send ones that shall go with the word of the Lord, even upon their lips, saith the Lord. And this is the season of awakening, and there is that which I have deposited within this land, saith the Lord. For you've had to learn how to deal with shaking, and you've had to learn how to deal with darkness. And because I've given us strength even upon this land, and you've combat the spirit of depression and the assignment of oppression, and you've arisen past that which the enemy thought he could do to silence you. And because there's a rising tide and a rising voice that shall come alive in this hour, in this place, I shall begin to cause there to be even a broadcasting forth and ascending even of the word of the Lord in powerful ways that you have not known. Surely as I put my uh, spotlight upon this city of Wasilla, and even as I decreed, even over this last season, that I would begin to shine brightly upon even this state, saith the Lord. So now, saith the Lord, my glory is arising, and you shall shine, and you shall be sent forth, even in levels that you did not believe in days gone by. But this is a new day of faith, saith the Lord. This is a new day of faith, saith the Lord. This is a new day that I shall have a people that will choose to believe and will choose me, says the Lord. Give a shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, before you're seated, you know, I heard the Lord just say that He is going to, from this state, break the yoke of oppression and of depression. And, amen? And so tonight, we're going to go ahead and begin to break that off of any of you here that are, have been experiencing any form of heaviness in the spirit, any kind of a spirit of oppression or depression or grief. If you've been walking through some grief seasons, I believe God's delivering you tonight. And, uh, and one other thing is that I felt like um, there's been some people that have been experiencing a lot of weariness. How many here have been just feeling real tired lately? Okay, now wait a minute. Lift your hands up again. Now, now I want you to understand something. Look around the room. Look around the room. When this many hands are up, it's not about you. Okay, now some of you may not be aware, but, well, you are aware because you guys have the longest day of the longest day of the year. <laughs> okay, like in Florida, we have a, the longest day of the year, but y'all really have the longest day of the year, okay? And 
for, for those of you that may not recognize or realize this, the summer solstice is probably one of the most high holy days in the occult world. Y'all, y'all understand that? And there's a lot of witchcraft that goes out during that whole entire week, this whole entire week. And so right now, as we're gathered together, we are going to break off the spirit of weariness. Amen. And the spirit of oppression and the spirit of heaviness. I want to just say one more thing. I want to put a name on this spirit. I believe that there is a spirit of Belial. Everybody say Belial. Okay, in the, in the King James, it talks about the spirit of Belial. And they always, it always came to oppress and to mess up the righteous men and women of God. And this name Belial in, in the Hebrew actually means to cause you to fail by wearing you out. Got that? To cause you to fail by wearing you out. All right, so I want everybody in this whole room to just begin to lift up your hands. And we're going to take authority over this spirit of Belial and over every force of witchcraft that's been trying to oppress us, bring heaviness, or try to bring a, a weariness or a lack of strength into our hearts. Right now, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, we take authority over every assignment of the enemy and we decree that your weapons will not work. They will not prosper. They will not be effectual against us. We decree in the name of Jesus every assignment of Belial, every work of witchcraft, and every curse that would try to even ascend against us. We cast you down in the name of Jesus Christ. And we take the authority given unto us and we put you underneath of our feet and we decree that there will not be a lack of energy and there will not be a lethargy and there will not be a complacency and there will not be a slumber and a sleepiness. But, Father, we awaken out of our slumber and we arise into our strength and we decree this is the day of the Lord and this is a time that we're shaking loose from every captivity and every limiting work of hell and we say Belial no more in the name of Jesus Christ. Now just shake your hands and shake yourself loose and we say now we are free whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Really free. Hallelujah. Give a shout. Hallelujah. Amen. My brother right here, if you come up here, just touch your wife with you. Okay, why don't you come up here. Just stretch forth your hands toward them. What's your name again? Alex and Shelby. The Lord says, son and daughter of mine, I have my hand upon you. Son, even though you've been struggling to say, God, I want to rise, and I feel like there's these uh, ceilings and limitations upon my life, and I don't know how to get past the past and get on to my future. And there's been some things that have been entangling you, even in your heart and in your mind. But the Lord says, son, you shall be one that shall walk through the fire, and you'll find, even as you do, that it will cause even the binding things to be loose, says the Lord. And I'm going to begin to loose your tongue and loose your heart, even in the new level says the Lord, for you've been like it were uh, an old uh, truck that's tried to shift its way into a new level and you felt like you were uh, more uh, kind of grinding instead of finding the gear and you felt like you're, you weren't able to smoothly go but the Lord says I'm bringing a lubricating and I'm bringing an updating even into your spirit and into your soul and where you've kept repeating some things of the past in your mind and going over it again and again thinking well that's 
uh, who I am. But the Lord says, no, that's the lie. And I'm going to bring the truth to you that you will be free in me. And a new uh, reality is going to dawn upon you in this day, says the Lord. And you're going to know that mantle that I place upon your shoulders is real. It's for me. I am your father and I'm speaking to you now. And I'm bringing you the patriarchal blessing from my heart to my son. And I'm bringing the strength of a man inside of you that one will not be afraid in the day that you have to face adversity, says the Lord. For you will thrive even in the midst of difficulty and pressure. You will find that you will arrive on time and you will not be delayed, says the Lord. I put within your heart a great mantle and a great heart, says the Lord. And there's going to be a growth effect and you're going to find a soothing that's coming to your soul and a smoothing that's coming even to the way. And you're going to find that as you shift through these gears that you're going to begin to go uh, revving higher and higher more easily than you thought it would be, says the Lord. And the Lord says, son, well done because you persevered and because you pressed past the things that try to put you to look in the rear view all the time. And you're looking ahead today. The vision is growing within your heart, says the Lord. And I put you in a good place. And I gave you even ones that would speak true words into your life that would bring strength, that would cause you to garner uh, strength upon strength and precept upon precept. For the foundation shall be sure that you shall stand upon. Bide your time and wait upon me and allow me to finish what I start. But even as you go, says the Lord, know that I am with you wherever you go. And every time you step up and step out, I shall show off my glory and show off who I've made you to be for me, says the Lord. And the Lord says, daughter, don't you know I've given you a good soul and I've given you a good heart. And there's things that you've question about yourself to say, I don't know if I'll be able to do this well. I think these things are outside of me and too far for me to reach. But the Lord says, no, I put it inside of you as a seed. And as you even stay in the right place and as you soak up and let there be a saturation even into the seed, the Lord says there shall be a release of ability that will even amaze you. You'll look and say, was that me? Did I really do those things? And the Lord says, yes. And there even is a heart of boldness that I'm going to cause and a release of faith to come forth that you will not even be ashamed of me in uh, uh, places where others would say, you just need to kind of be quiet and and bide your time and and find your own place. But the Lord says, no, I'm going to break you out. And you're going to just glow with me. And you're going to know that I'm with you. And the goodness of the Lord shall be expressed to you many times. I see you just having such a compassionate heart. And you care for people very deeply. And when things don't go right, it hurts real deep. And even in your own family, there's been some things that has felt like a deep disappointment and almost tried to set you back for a season of time and cause you to kind of about your hopes and where you wanted to go and what you thought could work for you. But the Lord says, don't let those things determine your path. I am the one that oversees and I am the one that's opening up a, a big door to you. And there is a highway of an advancement that you're going to walk upon. The Lord says, I'm going to bring a closeness, intimacy, and a connection, not just between the two of you, but even with others of like of age and stage and vision. And you're going to find it's going to be easy to connect in this new season. There was almost like an assignment that was around about you for a season of isolation. But the Lord says, I'm breaking that off. And even though you're rising up to new levels, the Lord says there's also going to be a divine attractiveness, a favor that will be upon your life. And you will find that there will be a drawing. Now the Lord says, don't let things draw you aside. Don't let them draw you to the wrong things. There'll be some invitations that really aren't uh, the things that you need to to answer right now. The Lord says you listen and you allow those things to be laid at the feet of those you're called to, to, says the Lord. And even as you do, there'll be rightful releases in the days ahead. The Lord says stay under covering and receive the strength that he has for you. Because I see great, great great, great growth that's going to happen in this season. Relationally and in in your family and purposes, the Lord says there's just such a broadening of uh, the the whole uh, area that God's given to you. The Lord says, I'm enlarging your tent pegs. I'm enlarging your place and I'm blessing what I put inside of you to come into great fruitfulness in this season, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Release fire all 
over them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, just the fire of God, fire of God, anointing and fresh fire in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Could, could we just have the pastors come on up here real quick? Those of you that are pastors, just real quickly come down. We just want to lay our hands on you. The pastors, that, all the visiting pastors, and Pastor Daniel and Karen, Pastor Karen. Now, I want you guys just to stretch your hands out. If you want to be seated, you can, as long as you stay standing up in the Spirit. Okay? Stay engaged in the Spirit. Pastors, just come across here, okay? And, and we're just going to lay hands on you. And we just really believe that, that the Lord has a fresh release for the pastors that are here. Amen? Now, what's your name? Rick, and where are you from? Okay, Father, we just bless Pastor Rick right now. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this man of God. And the Lord says, Son, I've actually taken you through a bit of a testing season, says the Lord. The Lord says that there's been some tests that have been laid out before you. And the Lord says, Son, that there's almost been a question in your heart how you actually did on the test. And the Lord says, Son, I want you to know that you don't have to answer every single question right on a test to pass the test. And the Lord says, Son, I want you to know you've passed the test. Not only did you pass it, you didn't squeak by, you passed with flying colors. For the Lord says, Son, that there's you and I have been doing a dealing work in your heart because you've recognized that you needed to go to a higher level if you were going to take your people to a higher level. And the Lord says, Son, the trying of your faith has produced that which is far more precious than gold. It has produced that which is far and beyond even that which you have even imagined. And the Lord says, Son, that even you're a very humble man, but you're a man that is filled with power. And the Lord says, Son, I want you to understand that out of that humility, there is great strength. And out of that, that, that grace that I put upon your life, I'm going to begin to show myself strong and demonstrate my power through signs and wonders and miracles, says the Lord. And the Lord says, Son, that you actually have gone through a little bit of a season where you kind of had some questions about the way that certain things turned out. But the Lord says, Son, I want you to know that you did not fail. I want you to understand that I am a sovereign God. I want you to understand, says the Lord, that your prayers prevailed. It's just that I had a different end result than what you thought, says the Spirit of God. So the Lord says, Son, I want you to shake off the questions. I want you to shake off the grief. I want you to recognize the hand of God upon you. You've not failed in any way, says the Spirit of God, for I'm raising you up. I'm bringing you forth, says the Lord, as one of the fathers in this city. I'm bringing you forth, says the Spirit of God, as one of the fathers in the generation and one of the stewards of the move of God and of the awakening that I am bringing forth, says the Lord. Now the Lord says, Son, receive a fresh mantle, for I'm mantling you with a new mantle for a new day. A new mantle for a new day, says the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Let's just bless the pastors here. Father, we thank you for Daniel and Karen, and we bless them right now. We just speak life. The Lord says, Son, this is a season that I'm breathing even upon you, a fresh wind even that shall cause even some of the coals that have seemingly grown a little dim to begin to even fire up afresh and anew in this season to prepare you for the days ahead. So the Lord says a refreshing is coming upon you, even upon your head and upon your body, for this is a time that I have called you even to even take that yoke upon you and learn of me. And you've had to lean hard, for you felt even the heaviness and the weight of things, and you knew the 
responsibility and that which you had even of obedience and the ways that you had to walk before me that would be right and it was not easy and yet son there was a testing of your soul and there was a, 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 a that which I would do even inside of you to, to bring you through to the other side but I want you to know I'm bringing a rest even, uh, even to the weary place says the Lord I'm bringing a rest even in the midst of the test says the Lord and I'm bringing forth the best for you that which I purposed and made you for says the Lord for the Lord says son you will always be a man of the divine assignment and it will never be comfortable inside of you to just go through the things that you need to get done but you'll know there's something great and there's something on the horizon you'll know that there's something that must be reached for that is uh, even uh, greater than you have the ability to to achieve in your own strength the Lord says son that's when I'm going to bring you to your knees again and again and even in those places you're going to find divine visitations that will happen for you and there will be memorials and monuments that will be built in your life that will set the stage for your future and you'll look back and point your finger and say this is where the Lord met me this is where I wrestled and I lost my strength and yet I regained everything this is where I let go and I let God this is where I stood up and I took the mantle and I began to speak where is the Lord God of Elijah and I began to see things part and change the Lord says son it's a new day even of my hand upon your life and yes where there were days where you felt like you were just kind of in a haze trying to work through it and you felt like things uh, were hidden and you were not being able to be uh, fully exposed and operate the way you could but the Lord says it's a day that my wind is blown and I've changed the atmosphere around about you and I'm beginning to show my glory and I'm beginning to release you as one that will have my word and there's going to be a networking and a working of miracles and a release even of my grace that's going to come to you that you're going to be able to operate in places you thought that's beyond me who am I that I should be uh, one that would do these things and yet the Lord says in humility and yet in ability you're going to press past the things that would try to intimidate and you will not be one that will back away but you will be one that will step up to the plate and the Lord says you may feel like you strike out a few times here and there but the Lord says keep swinging for me says the Lord because you're going to see the ball's going to fly over and not just to the home run but out of the stadium says the Lord in ways that will amaze you says the Lord so the Lord says son I've given you that kind of mentality because you're the one that I need to get the job done not just to look great sound great or, or everybody to praise or say look what they've done but that I need you to get the job done and sometimes it will be behind the scenes when you simply say I will choose to obey in ways that are difficult but it will set the stage for the great things that you have in your heart to be released says the Lord and Pastor Karen the spirit of the Lord yes let's give the Lord a hand for that amen Woo! and Pastor Karen the Lord says daughter in this season I am transforming you from only being a JL to being a Deborah. And the Lord says that JL was happy to wage war in her own tent. But the Lord says Deborah mobilized a nation. And the Lord says, daughter, I want you to understand that in this hand, uh, in this season of time, I've had my hand upon your back. 
And I have been pressing you forward, says the Lord, out of your comfort zone, out of your place of safety. For the Lord says that even as J.L. took that which I put in her own hand and used it to smite the enemy, you have been a faithful one, says the Lord, to deal with everything in prayer, to deal with everything in spiritual warfare, to deal with everything through spiritual discernment that has come uh, to your attention. You have been a faithful one, says the Lord. And don't you understand the principle is that when you are faithful in the little, I will make you ruler over much. And the Lord says, daughter, that this this uh, dominion and this authority that I am putting upon you in this season, this Deborah mantle that I am releasing upon you in this season, the Lord says, daughter, it is not coming to you because of any ambition or personal gain that you are seeking. As a matter of fact, the Lord says, daughter, you have kind of wished that I'd give it to somebody else. But the Lord says, daughter, I want you to know that I have chosen you. I have anointed you. I have appointed you. The Lord says, daughter, don't look at this one and don't look at that one and say, I need to be like this one or I need to be like that one. The Lord says, daughter, I want you to know I need you to be you, says the Lord. I need you to be the best you that I've called you to be. And the Lord says, daughter, I am laying the axe to the root of the spirit of fear. I am laying the axe to the root of the uh, the accusations and and the insecurities that the enemy's constantly raising up against you. You are a woman of authority. You are a woman of uh, of boldness. You are a woman with a prophetic mantle. Now be released in a fresh day in this mantle, declares the Spirit of the Lord. Now, Father, I loose right now the mantle of boldness. I loose the courage. I loose the confidence. And I loose that prophetic ability to hear in the Spirit and to mobilize nations now. And, Father, I declare that with this man and this woman, Father, strength will meet strength, but there will be no competition. We thank you, Father, for the beauty that you're creating, Father God, in this couple, in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord another hand clap for them. Amen. Okay. The Lord says, Son, I want you to know that I made you for this day, and I have even purpose to do a work inside of you and I've caused you to understand even what I'm doing in this season of time in this land and there is an openness that I brought to you even about some things before where you were closed and I brought you into a place where your eyes now are prizing the things that I have put before you and there's a, a, a strength that I put in your hands to grasp but that which I want to release even of revelation and understanding and there's going to be an understanding about the transformation effect that I want to bring says the Lord and you shall begin to be even one that will burn with what I want to do in this hour, says the Lord. And even I'm doing a transformation even inside of you, for you've gone from what it were to be, it was in the sense to be the caterpillar into the butterfly, but now it's like from the butterfly to the eagle, says the Lord. There's a whole new view that you're going to get, for I'm raising you up, says the Lord, to be able to see in the heavenlies and be able to perceive some things that were difficult in times gone by, and you will not just be one that will say peace, peace, but you will say release, release release and you will bring deliverance in Zion says the Lord and I shall begin to even do a new thing inside of you about your own identity for there were some assignments against your life when you were young that began to speak very loudly in your ears and you began to believe them for seasons of time but the Lord says this is a a, a season that you're going to hear me more clearly than you ever have heard before and it won't just be about others but it'll also be about that which I have done inside of you about your identity and about how you will arise into the 
the fullness of the manhood and strength that I've called you to walk in. For there is a, a capacity for you to walk in strength and even with that warrior understanding and know how to deal with the enemy and also know how to release ones that are weak into their strength, says the Lord. For you shall have a heart for potential, says the Lord. You shall see the seed inside of others and say, come forth. You will begin to even take ones by the hand and say, this is a time that we need to come forth. Or this is a time that you need to believe. And the Lord says, son, even in the places where you have felt weak and you've even felt broken, where you felt like, God, I don't know if uh, you can use me because of these things. And the Lord says, son, I've visited you there. And there's a strengthening that has happened in your weakness, says the Lord. And there's a wholeness that's coming into your life as you ask it of me. And I will finish that which I've started because uh, you've asked it, says the Lord. So don't be afraid of the processes and purposes that I shall walk you through in these days because they will prepare you uh, to be raised up even in a greater capacity of opportunity to be able to flow in the anointing. Now, Father, I speak over his mind and I speak over his heart and I release the power of God to surge throughout his being and for him to feel the very presence of your anointing in such a way that he will know that you have touched him and that you've released him to be able to speak even the very word of the Lord. Father, we bless him in it. In Jesus' name, amen. One more word, and that is that I see God mantling you with the mantle of a reformer. Now, Father, I thank you, Lord, for that reformation anointing, Father God. Lord, the mantle to shift, to shift the body of Christ into a new place of change and reformation, Father God. I loose that now in Jesus' name, amen. Joel, let's just bless Pastor Joel. Father, we thank you for Joel. And the Spirit of the Lord says, Son... I want you to know that I have not forgotten my promises to you. The Lord says, Son, even things that I spoke to you even decades ago. The Lord says, Son, I am not late. I am always on time. And the Lord says, Son, that even when the enemy came and tried to take you out, he tried to take your very life. The Lord says, Son, I withheld his hand. I stopped his hand because I've made promises to you that you would see certain things fulfilled in the church, that you would see certain things fulfilled in your life and certain things fulfilled in your family, says the Lord, and in your people. The Spirit of the Lord says, Son, that I want you to know that I have brought you to the kingdom for this time, for such a time as this, says the Lord. The Lord says, Son, I want you to know that this is going to be a season of culmination of years of prayer and years of diligence and years of seeking my face. And you're going to see the suddenly season begin to come upon you, says the Lord. And now the Lord says, Son, I want you to know it's like a house that has been built upon a foundation. But I need to transition that house to a new place. And so uh, I, I lifted the house up off the foundation and moved it elsewhere that a new foundation might be built. And you've been in a season of transition that I might put a new foundation under you, says the Lord. And the Lord says, Son, I have been teaching you certain things, says the Lord, step by step, line upon line, precept upon precept, so that you could lay a, a success path, a success track in front of your feet, says the Lord. The Lord says, Stop looking backwards at the things that you perceive to be failures of the past and start looking forward and looking for the fulfillment of the promises that I have given to you and the fulfillment of my word. For I will fulfill it. My word will not return void, says the Spirit of the Lord. Now, Father, we loose that to him. Amen. And I just hear the Lord saying that you're a man of great charity and liberality and that you have done some things sacrificially. But I see the Lord says there's a lot of seed 
and that seed's coming back on every wave. But God's going to not only bring blessing to you in this life, but you've laid up treasures in heaven as well. But you've also, more than that, you've set some patterns in motion, and you've set the stage for God to be able to do some things, even in other people's lives, as they're inspired to arise to do more with their life than they could because of the obedience and because of the faith that you believe for things to take place and others through your service, through what you gave. And the Lord says, as you continue to do that, you're setting the stage for your future and even for those that you love the most to see the best take place in their life. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord another hand. Amen. Woo! We love to hear the Lord speak. Amen. You guys can be seated. Wow. What an incredible, incredible atmosphere is here tonight. And uh, I just... uh, I appreciate the worship. I appreciate the time and the presence of the Lord. It makes it very, very easy just to move and to minister and flow. If you will, open up your Bibles with me to wherever the Holy Spirit shows you. You got it? Okay. What what are you hearing? (laughs) Ezekiel. (laughs) Oh, that's scary, huh? (laughs) Open up your Bibles with me to uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Um, this, this trip really did come, up, come about in a very, very quick way. Um, we were actually scheduled to, to be someplace completely different this weekend, and uh, our schedule just opened up, and what that means is that somebody canceled us. Learn to read between the lines, right? Okay. So we actually, but we'd actually been praying and asking God for a time that we could actually come back to Alaska. Because we do feel like this is a very strategic time for this state. Amen. We can, just, we can just sense the Holy Spirit just moving, the Holy Spirit just pouring out over the state during this season of time. And that means that God's pouring out over you. How many feel a, a new sense of a stirring of the Holy Spirit in your life? A, a greater desire to go higher, a greater desire to experience God in a brand new way? Amen. And I believe that that's the season and time that we are living in right now. Now, at the beginning of this year, um, we were in a time of prayer, and the Lord spoke something to me, and He said that our nation and the church uh, in the nation, the church actually across the world, had reached a tipping point. Everybody say tipping point. Now, how many have heard the term tipping point on the news this year? I want you to know when the Lord spoke that to me, I don't think anybody was really hearing these phrases called tipping point uh, being, being spoken about. So I was, we were in this point of prayer, and the Lord said that you've reached a tipping point. The nation is at a tipping point. My people are at a tipping point. And so I have a concept of what tipping point actually means. You know, it's at the point at which something kind of tips over. How many of y'all get that? Okay. And so we actually have a man that's... Uh, a computer geek that comes to our prayer to our prayer times, and uh, I said, "This is what I hear the Lord saying, but I need somebody to really explain to me the concept of the tipping point." And so he uh, he translated what the Lord was saying into blonde. Okay. Sometimes they have to do that for me. Okay. Seriously, okay? I'm a prophet, but I don't always get what the Lord's saying. It's like I hear this and it just kind of goes over my head, okay? Now, my apologies to those uh, others that are here that are blonde that are offended by that, okay? 
I, have, I don't actually mind telling blonde jokes. I tell a lot of blonde jokes. I don't mind telling blonde jokes for two reasons. Number one, I know I'm not stupid. And number two, I know I'm not really blonde. Okay, so, all right. Seriously, we're going to just be transparent here, okay? But, but, but Mike started explaining to me this concept of the tipping point. And he said, you know, he said, if, if me and several of the guys in the church went out into the parking lot and decided to tip over a car, which his analogy kind of alarmed me just a little bit, okay, where he was going with that. But he said, what we would have to do is we would have to lift it, and then at some point we would have to shift, and we would have to put enough pressure on that car until at some point, by its own momentum, it flips. And the very things that have worked against it begin to work for it. Okay? Because up until that point, gravity is working against it. But when you hit a tipping point, the gravity actually begins to work for you to move you into the place that God wants to move you. Amen? Now, how many have actually seen or read the book, The Tipping Point? It is an incredible book. It's by somebody. Secular book. Secular book, but since the Lord spoke that to me, I needed to go in and I needed to do some research on this. And so there's actually a secular book called The Tipping Point, which talks about the point at which something goes viral, the point at which something becomes a trend or a fad that begins to take over everything, okay? The point at which something, in a negative sense, can reach an epidemic, You know, because you can have a few people that are sick, but then suddenly it goes into an epidemic state and it spreads like a wildfire. And there is a tipping point that that is talked about, that point where something actually goes viral. Now, these are more kind of negative connotations of it, but it's something that's very important for us to understand because really that is a, a, a concept that's behind what I believe God is getting ready to do in the church and that God is bringing us to a tipping point of awakening. Amen. To a tipping point, not just of revival. Now, I want you to hear me. We believe for revival. We cry out for revival. But let me just say, revivals aren't going to get it. We don't just need another revival. We need an awakening. We are in a season when we need to be crying out for a spirit of awakening that God would raise up revivalists, but that the revivalists would arise and begin to cause a, a, a viral epidemic of the anointing of the Spirit of God that will begin to wake people up out of their spiritual slumber, begin to shake people out of their apathy, begin to shake people out of any place of complacency, and arise and wake up to the purposes of God. That's the season we're living in. Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Those first two words, arise, shine, in the Hebrew literally mean, wake up and be set on fire. And I believe that's the word of the Lord to the church. We need to wake up and be set on fire. And I believe that there's been something that's been stirring over the state of Alaska. Something stirring. Let me read you an actual definition. I'm preaching from my new iPad. So, um, my husband and I just had our 30th anniversary last week. 
I was 10 when we got married, so... <laughs> What's that? Yeah, we've got four grandkids. That's two more than we had last year when we were here. This is, this is a, the definite... What would you say, honey? He's talking about me. I have to do... Told, he told the truth on me that I'm turning 50 this year. Yay. It's better than the alternative, right? Okay. Let me read you the definition of tipping point. The point at which something becomes irreversible and unstoppable. This occurs because momentum builds up often slowly and quietly until a point when it becomes impossible to go back to a previous state. Until a point where it becomes impossible to go back to a previous state. Listen, you guys have just had the call. You guys have just had a burn. Come on, you guys have just had some incredible times. And this is not a time to start backing off and saying... Well, wasn't that a nice time? This is a time where we've got to push in the Spirit. And we believe that God brought us here to over this weekend to just push with you, to release the Word of the Lord with you, to begin to push a little bit harder in the Spirit, because I believe Wasilla and I believe Alaska is in a tipping point that is literally going to affect the entire nation. Amen? I felt like the Lord said that just like as Alaska has an oil pipeline that comes from your state that brings a supply to the rest of the United States, I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is saying that there is an oil of the Holy Spirit that is being pipelined down out of the state of Alaska, and it is literally going to supply the oil that is going to burn a fire in the United States of America, in Canada, and throughout the nations of the world, you need to hear what the Word of the Lord is saying to you. Amen? There's an oil of joy. There's an oil of gladness. There is an anointing that God is bringing and the anointing always is a yoke destroying release. There is something that God is doing up in this state that God has put a focus on in our media, that God has put a focus on in the rest of the nation, thanks to Sarah Palin, who happens to come out of Wasilla. I hate to break this to y'all. Y'all know what it means when we say y'all, right? Okay? I hate to break this to y'all, but we've never even heard of Wasilla. But guess what? The whole world knows about Wasilla now. And I really believe that God has said that He brought a focus and an attention upon this place because out of this region, God is going to do things that is going to affect the entire world. God is going to raise up Daniels and God is going to raise up Deborahs that have a voice that bring change, change politically, change governmentally, but also change and awakening in the midst of the earth. You know, the earthquake yesterday, and I think, I think didn't Anchorage have an earthquake this week too? I know y'all, y'all just like live with earthquakes. I know that. A week ago. 
One of the things that you have to understand is that if God's going to awaken us, there's two ways He can awaken us. He can awaken us through sounding an alarm. How many of you guys woke up to an alarm this morning? (laughs) Or do y'all just like not ever go to sleep because the sun never goes down? (laughs) Okay. We woke up to an alarm because we had to get up early and we drove up to to go on the plane ride up to to the mountain this morning. We woke up to the sound of an alarm. Understand that God is sending out an alarm in the spirit. And it's better for you to wake up to an alarm than it is to wake up the second way, which is through being shaken. How many of you were shaken awake this morning? Any parents with children? <laughs> okay. But let me just tell you, when, when I was a girl, I had three brothers, and my father used to wake us up in the morning. He would come into my room, he'd throw the door open, and he'd do that really loud, who could do that whistle? Yeah, that horrible sound, yes. My dad would open the door and make that really loud sound, and like you'd come up out of your bed. But you know what? I've discovered that the best, the most, the time that your bed feels the most comfortable is the last 10 minutes you're in it. And so even that sound, when that sound would go out, and I'd sit up in bed, and I'd be like, I'm awake, I'm awake. As soon as that door was shut, I'd snuggle back down under the covers. And if my daddy came back in and found me under the covers after he had awakened me by the alarm, this is what he would do next. He would come in, strip the covers off my bed, grab me by my ankles, and shake me upside down. How many know I learned to wake up to the alarm rather than to the shaking? But what we have to understand is that God is shaking our nation. And God literally is shaking your state. But we have to understand that sometimes what we look at in the natural is not just in a natural event. It is something that God is spiritually indicating. Our nation has been in a time of intense shaking this year. Between ice storms, between tornadoes, between wildfires, and flooding, and earthquakes. And we're praying against the hurricanes in Florida. But guess what? God is trying to get the attention of the United States of America because we are in a tipping point. And I believe it is in the hand of the church to determine which way we tip. It is not in the hand of our president. It is not in the hand of our senators and our representatives, even though we pray for them. It is not in the hand of the Supreme Court or any of the governors in the land, even though God is raising up awesome, awesome governors all over the land that are taking a stand in prayer. But it is not up to our elected officials to determine which way our nation tips. It's up to the church. And God is looking at the church to say, will you pray, will you engage, and will you bring a tip to this point in history that will cause nations to change? Because whichever way the United States of America tips will affect nations. Jesus brought one of the greatest tipping points in all of history. It was the tipping point of history that has affected nations for generations. But we are in a similar tipping point. When God spoke that to me, it was in January, a week later, it all erupted in Tunisia and Egypt and the Middle East. 
And you could not turn on the television without seeing the newscaster saying the Middle East is in a tipping point. As a matter of fact, the headline in the USA Today, a week after I preached on this, was Egypt is at a tipping point. We are in a critical, very crucial, and yet a Kairos moment, I believe, in our nation. And so I want to just speak for just a few more minutes on tipping and what we need to do to work with God in order to cause this tipping to take place. Are you in um, Second Chronicles? We'll go there in just a minute. The first thing, if those of you that are taking notes, the, one of the things that we do to work with God in bringing a tipping is that in order to tip something, we've got to learn to lift it through prayer. The whole process begins with prayer and with worship. When we worship God, we create an open heaven. We create a place where God's glory can come. We create a place where God can begin to pour out His Holy Spirit. When we pray, it begins to cause things to shift in the Spirit. If you've read in Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, it literally talks about there being bowls in heaven which are filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And so if you understand when you're praying, it's not just words that are going up and filling God's ears. They are, they are words that are going up that have a weight in the Spirit that literally fill up these heavenly bowls. And when the bowls get filled, something gets tipped out and gets poured out. But I want you to understand there's another kind of bowl. The cup of iniquity. And when the cup of iniquity gets full, God will begin to judge. So we're in, a, we're in a time right now where the bowls in heaven of prayer are being filled, but also the cup of iniquity is being filled. And we need to understand that time is of the essence right now to be able to push in prayer and to see this thing begin to be accomplished. James chapter 5, we all know it. It says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let me give that to you in the Amplified. Because you know we women, we like more words, right? The earnest, heartfelt, the earnest, heartfelt, continuous prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. It is dynamic in its working. The earnest, heartfelt, continuous prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. It is dynamic in its working. Something happens when you pray. Go to Second Chronicles chapter 7. And we're going to just see what happened when Solomon prayed. Okay, I'm preaching from my iPad. I'm trying to remember how to do this. Thank you, Jesus. Come forth. Okay, there it is. All right. Chapter, chapter 7, verse 1. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the Lord's splendor, the Lord's glory, filled the temple. The priests were unable to enter the Lord's temple because the Lord's glory, the Lord's splendor, filled the house. 
When all the Israelites saw the fire come down and the Lord's glory, the Lord's splendor over the temple, they got on their knees with their faces down towards the pavement. They worshipped and they gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good and His mercy endures forever. Now go with me to Acts chapter 4. Can you see that when Solomon prayed, God answered from heaven and outpouring began to take place. In Acts chapter 4, this is the story of the, uh, the, the apostles that healed the blind man. Then they got thrown in prison. And they got commissioned. They said, don't preach anymore in the name of Jesus. And I want you, I want you to see what they did. They began to pray. They began to, to seek the Lord with, uh, with their other fellow believers. And it says... getting better at this. Okay. Okay, and so it says, and being let go, verse 23, being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Of a truth against your holy child Jesus, whom you have anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, everybody say, and now, Lord. Behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants that with all boldness that, that we may speak your word. Listen to how they're going to speak the word. By stretching out your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. Verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. I believe that we are coming into a season of great power and great grace. But it's preceded by this time of shaking. Literally, those words come out of the Greek mega dunamis and mega charisma. Mega dunamis, mega miracle working power, mega miracles. How many want to move into a season of mega miracles? Great power and great grace. I believe that God is bringing great grace upon our lives through prayer. Let me just tell you a story. We have a church, one of our Christian international churches, up in Camden, New Jersey. Now, when they started planting a church there was back in the 1980s. And the Lord led them to go down and to purchase uh, an old abandoned strip club in the heart of the worst part of the city of Camden. Everything that went on in the streets in front of their church was prostitution, drug dealing, every kind of evil, every kind of wickedness. The entire street was one strip club right after the next, one triple X-rated adult shop after the next, one bar after the next, and God planted this church right smack dab down in the middle of that. 
And they had this idea that inside of us, inside of us is the kingdom of God. Inside of us is a yoke-destroying, curse-breaking anointing. So rather than running from darkness, we are going to run to darkness. And we are going to spread light. Come on. A lot of the church has been running. We've just been running the wrong way. Come on. And they ran right down there. And you know what? They started actively having praise and worship services. And you know what? The prostitutes and the drug dealers and the pimps would start looking in there and all this music. All this sound that was coming out of this this place of light in the midst of darkness. And pretty soon they'd kind of stand in the back door. And pretty soon they'd start hearing some of what was being preached. And pretty soon they were answering altar calls. And today most of the elders, most of the deacons, most of the leaders in this church came right off that street, delivered out of prostitution, delivered out of drug dealing, delivered out of pimping, all kinds of things. And, and let me just tell you that their lives have been radically changed. And this church has been built on the lives of these people that came out of darkness into light. But they didn't stop there. They started prayer walking. They started doing prophetic acts up and down the streets. They started having open air times of praise and worship. I mean, we went and ministered there in 1989. And uh, and literally, when we got out of the car to come into the church, they had to form this barricade of people because because our faces would shine out in that neighborhood. Our white faces would shine out in that neighborhood. Y'all know what I'm saying. Okay? And they were afraid we were going to be shot. So they literally barricaded us and surrounded us like, like a, a human shield around us to even get us into the church. That's how dangerous the area was. Bodies on the streets in the mornings when, they, when, they, when they'd show up murders and every kind of wickedness. It was one of the most crime-ridden cities in the entire United States. And this church dared to step out of the four walls and say, we're called to make a difference. And they changed it through prayer. They continuously prayed what didn't happen overnight. Okay, y'all hear what I'm saying? It did not happen overnight. But they were committed to the land. They walked up and down those streets. They won soul after soul. They won one life after, after another into the kingdom of God. But I, wanted, I want you to know that today, that exact same street that 20 years ago was filled with all kinds of filth and degradation and sin and iniquity. Today, what, this is the result. One bar after the next lost their liquor license for violations and had to be shut down. One strip club after the, the next had corruption exposed and had to be shut down. One, one uh, negative establishment after the next brothels had to be shut down. They got exposed and uncovered, and they had to be shut down. Why? Because the church prayed. And you know what ended up happening about four or five years ago? They brought bulldozers in. The city brought bulldozers in and bulldozed that entire city block after block after block and put in a park for families. And so today, in Camden, the very place that was the worst of the worst of the worst, that you would never want to go anywhere near as any person of morality or righteousness, has now become a playground for families 
and parks. Well, isn't that a coincidence? The city gave them a ward. The city gave them the key to the city and recognized because of your work of prayer, we give you the key to the city. Because you, you prayed for the city and because you cared for the city. Come on, this is what it means to be the church. Prayer brings change. Prayer begins to lift us and begins to push us into a tipping point. You guys have just had the call. You've just had some incredible times of prayer. But I'm telling you, it's only the beginning. So the first thing is we lift through prayer. The second thing is we begin to tip it through prophecy and through declarations. Come on, when we come in to prophesy, it's not just to give you another little word to tickle your ears. It's literally something that we believe has the power to bring transformation in the atmosphere. And what gets transformed in the atmosphere can be then worked out and brings transformation on the earth. I am no longer happy to just talk about having an open heaven without also talking about an open earth. Because the truth is, if we have an open heaven, we will see an open earth. Isaiah chapter 45 verse 8 says, Rain down you heavens from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Isaiah 45 verse 8. Let the, let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, and let righteousness spring up. And so you see, if we truly have an open heaven... If we pray into an open heaven, then that open heaven needs to begin to manifest into an open earth. And if heaven wants to accomplish something, God said, I will do nothing, but I reveal my secret to my servants, the prophets. In other words, before God begins to move in the earth, he needs somebody to hear him and somebody to speak what he wants to do. Okay, now we're not, don't just think prophets, because you see, I believe that we're living in the day when there are prophets, there are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, but we're also living in a day where there is an entire generation, an entire company of prophetic people, where God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. How many here are either a son or a daughter? If you're confused, come see Pastor Daniel at the end of the service and he'll straighten you right out. So we have to understand when God wants to move in the earth, he begins to speak it from heaven and he looks for people on the earth that hear what he's saying so that it can begin to be spoken in the earth realm to see change accomplished. I remember um, a conference that I was at back in the... I want to say maybe 1987, 1988. And at this conference, a prophet got up and began to prophesy about how the communist wall of Russia and USSR was getting ready to come down and that the wall in Berlin would be torn down stone by stone. Now, let me help some of the younger generation. <laughs> Because y'all didn't even know there was a wall, did you? Okay? There was a wall that was erected between East and West Berlin at the close of World War II. And it separated freedom from communism. Freedom from oppression. The free Western Europe from the oppressive regime of the USSR and communism. And our entire lives 
we had been raised understanding that that wall of separation existed. Our entire lives, we knew that that wall had been erected. And here this guy gets up and he prophesies that God is going to tear down that wall stone by stone. And I will tell you, my response in my head was, hmm, that'll be nice. I'll believe it when I see it. Y'all don't look at me like that. How many have ever heard God say something and your inner thoughts are, hmm, I'll believe it when I'll see it? Well, this was one of my moments, okay? Because it seemed impossible. It seemed impossible. Now, my definition of the word impossible is something that absolutely, positively cannot be done until somebody does it. Come on. It cannot be done until somebody does it. They used to say it was impossible for a man to run a four-minute mile. Impossible. Cannot be done. Physically incapable as humans to make that happen. Until a man named Roger Bannister did it. Now, there are hundreds of men, perhaps thousands, that can run a four-minute mile. Because what once was thought to be impossible has become possible because one person dared to break through. They used to say it was impossible for a human being to climb to the top of Mount Everest. Impossible. Cannot be done. Until Sir Edmund Hillary did it. Now you know who climbs Mount Everest? Grandmas. Men with one leg. Come on. What used to be impossible has become possible in a new day. That's the shift that we are in. The prophecy came, I'm going to tear that wall down. And our president, Ronald Reagan at that time, echoed what God was saying when he said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. And I believe it was November 9th, 1989. How many remember that day? People on the wall with pickaxes chopping that wall to pieces. They tore it down in a day. Something had been there for generations. They tore it down in a day. But I'm telling you, God spoke it first. And God had a man that would speak it out on the airwaves for everybody to hear what God wanted to do. And I'm just declaring to you right now that there are things that have been as walls and barriers and limitations for generations that you might hear it and say, wow, that could never happen. But we need to start dreaming bigger dreams. And we need to start listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying during this season of time. And we need to start hearing what God wants to accomplish in the earth. Because regardless of how impossible it was in the last season, in this Kairos moment, and because of the people of God pushing and pushing in prayer, the things that were thought to be impossible have now become possible. And we will see things that we've never seen before. How many have heard prophetic words about the greatest revival of all times? How many have heard uh, prophetic words about churches, uh, about wildfires starting in churches to where, where entire cities are being saved? Come on, I'm telling you, that's what happens in awakening. If you study awakening, George uh, 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 Finney said this. Finney said that 
A revival changes the hearts of men, but a, an awakening changes the heart of a nation. We don't just need a revival, we need an awakening. In one, one uh, upstate New York town, prior to the Finney Awakening in 1850, only 5% of the population even went to church. Only 5%. That was, that was in our country. And yet, after the awakening, it was almost 100% of the people in the town were born again. Come on, can we dream big dreams with God? We don't need to just dream it. We need to start prophesying it. Prophesy when you're in your car. Prophesy when you're at work. Prophesy when you're in the shower. Come on, start prophesying. Prophesy over your wallet. Prophesy over your home. Prophesy over your family. Prophesy over your kids. Start decreeing the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord has life. The word of the Lord brings life. I may have told you this story last year when I was here, but I, I minister at a, at a home, both Tom and I minister at a home called Mercy Ministries, which is a place for troubled young ladies that need deliverance and need their lives to be healed. And this one young lady that we ministered to last year, uh, we ministered to her a number of years ago, her name was Caitlin, but we met her again last year. And I just want to show you the power of the spoken prophetic word to bring transformation. This young, this young woman, we didn't know anything about her, but when we prophesied over her, she was 15 years old. And the Lord said over her, My daughter, I've given you a brilliant mind. I've given you a brilliant mind. And what I'm going to... She, the Lord says, I've given you a, a phenomenal capacity to learn. And I'm going to cause you to go so far, I'm going to cause you to go to college on full scholarship. And what I do through you is going to be so incredible that school principals will call and say, can you come to my church, can you come to my school and tell my students your story to inspire them? This is the word of the Lord over this young woman's life. Now let me tell you about Caitlin. When I prophesied that word over her when she was 15 years old, she had the equivalent of less than a first grade education. I didn't know that. She had been in a horribly abusive home, both sexual and physical abuse. And so rather than let her be in the school system where the abuse could be discovered, the parents never sent her to school. So she was never educated. She was never given any opportunity. When she was about 13 years old, she ran away from home and she lived on the streets and did whatever she had to do to survive on the streets. Hard life. A lot of suffering. She couldn't read. She couldn't write. When she came to Mercy, she still couldn't read. She still couldn't write. The tutors tried to help her. They, they said they had actually had a meeting just that morning as the leaders of Mercy, and they said, no matter what we do with this young lady, she seems incapable of learning. But can you hear what God said? God said, I've given you a brilliant mind, and I've given you a huge capacity to learn. Now, Nancy Alcorn, who's the founder of Mercy Ministry, she's a dear friend of mine, and we've been going in there and prophesying over these girls for 10 years. She said, she told me later, she said, I literally slid down in my chair that morning. And I thought, wow, Jane is usually so accurate. But she really missed it this time. So now fast forward. Seven years. We met her last year. It's eight years now since that time, but seven years we met her. After she graduated from Mercy, see, she heard the word of the Lord. 
And something happened on the inside of her. She graduated from Mercy, still unable to read or write, but Mercy worked with her and sent her to a very special school to kind of help her get caught up. A family in her church adopted her at the age of 15 and started working with her. She eventually, over about a year later, was able to get her GED. But then she wasn't satisfied to get her GED because she had heard the Lord say, I'm going to send you to school on scholarship. Because she dared to dream that something could be different. So she began to, to take remedial courses for college. And after a year or so of taking remedial college courses, she actually went and sat for her SAT classes, her, her, her SAT tests, and scored so high on her SATs that the colleges gave her a full scholarship. Two years after this prophetic word, she went from not being able to read or write at all to scoring SAT scores that earned her full scholarship. Why? Because something happened in her when she heard God the Creator say, I've given you a brilliant mind. Now, that's not the end of the story. It gets better. Last year, we met Caitlin after all this time. And she had just graduated from college with a 3.93 grade point average, double major, in biology and German. <laughs> and at that time, she was awarded the Fulbright Scholarship, which is one of the most prestigious scholarships in the entire United States. And right now, she is studying in Germany, in German, with a team of neurosurgeons... Because God has given her insight about some ways to deal with, what was it, is it Alzheimer's or some, some kind of a, a brain disease? As an undergraduate, God gave her an idea, so now she's studying in Germany, in German, to become a neurosurgeon. Because the Lord said, I've given you a brilliant mind. I am not making this up. I, this woman's testimony has been in magazines and on televisions. But, but let me just tell you that when God speaks, it takes what seems to be impossible and it brings you to a tipping point in your life. That prophetic word brought a tipping point in that young woman's life. She could no longer go back. She had to move forward. Or if she would have chosen not to believe. We would suffer because she's a brilliant scientist. And who knows if some of the things that she discovers aren't going to be able to bring medicine and healing for generations. Because somebody heard the word of the Lord. Why do we teach you about prophecy? It's not just about you. It's not just for God to tell you how great you are all the wonderful things. It's because God wants to change your world so that you can become a world changer. Amen? Prophecies and declarations shift things. Then we have to push. And sometimes one of the ways that we may have to push is we may have to push through going out and doing prophetic demonstrations or, pro or prophetic acts. Is there anybody here that's ever done a prophetic act? A prophetic act, you know, there's prophetic acts all the way through the Bible. Okay, some of them you can follow, some of them you can't. Like Isaiah walked through the street naked for three and a half years. 
okay, to show Israel their nakedness. Don't do this. They will come. They will lock you up, okay? You do not have permission to do this, okay? <laughs> it is a prophetic act that was only for uh, Isaiah in that day and in that time, okay? When, when Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho, how many understand that was a prophetic act that they did for seven days? Come on, there was a prophetic act, and at the end of that seven days, they shouted. Now, can you just imagine Joshua telling his troops, here's the plan. I know that the walls are big enough that chariots can race on top, but guess what we're going to do? We're going to march around the walls seven days and listen to the trumpets blow, and on the seventh day, we're going to shout, and all the walls are going to fall. That's the plan. And I can be sure, be sure that those captains were looking at each other like, you're sure that's the whole plan, Joshua? You're sure that's everything the angel said, right? That's everything? How many understand that God told them to march around, listen to the trumpet blast, and don't speak? You know why he told them not to speak? Because they'd have talked themselves right out of the blessing God was getting ready to do for them. They'd have been like, man, Joshua's crazy. Guess what? Sometimes we've got to be able to step out and do prophetic acts in such a way that literally brings the power of heaven to earth. Now, when we came up here last year, we were in the midst of a real crisis in the panhandle of Florida because we had the oil spill. And we were praying over our beaches on a regular basis. And I want you to know that that season was filled with prophetic acts that God had us do. My husband and several, a lot of the pastors in the area went out one day. They went out in a boat. And they, they drove all the way out to the site where the oil spill was. And, it, and my husband said that literally it was like the dolphins were running right alongside the boat the whole time. And he said that he just felt like, you know, Scripture says all creation cries out for the manifestation of the sons of God. And he said, I could almost hear the dolphins just saying, crying out, saying, somebody help us. Somebody help us. We need God's people to manifest. We need them to show up. Come on. And they went out and they took oil, anointing oil, and they did a prophetic act. They poured anointing oil on top of the oil spill oil and made decrees. Now, some people were like, we didn't need any more oil in the Gulf. But understand, it was an anointing oil, a prophetic act, and they forbid that oil from coming on shore where we live. They forbid it. We got word from fishermen that they were pulling up deformed, ugly fish because the oil was making them sick. And the, the oil spill literally sat the entire summer right off our beaches, two to five miles right off our beach, sludge this thick on our waters. One Wednesday night, we took a, a boatload of our people, about 150 people, and we took big bags of rock salt. And remember how Elisha salted the water and made a declaration and said that from this point forward, there's no more death or barrenness? Well, we took a boatload of people out. And from the youngest little three-year-olds to the oldest people on the boat, people would take handfuls of salt and throw it in the water and pray and make decrees. And I want you to know something. Through the entire oil spill, we had a few little tarballs. When I mean little, I mean little, and I mean few. They came ashore to our beaches. The oil spill, the big slick of thud, sludge that sat right off of our shore, could not come ashore because we forbid it. 
You say, well, who do you think you are? We're the church. We've been given the power to bind and loose. Another way of reading that is we've been given power to forbid and power to allow. Come on, if... If we're going to lock it up, who's going to lock it up? Our, our governors aren't going to lock it up. Our president's not going to lock it up. Our legislator's not going to lock it up. We met with our sheriff this last week, and our sheriff was awesome through the whole thing. But he did, he did some phenomenal things to try to, to try to really work to keep the oil off our beaches. And, but we told him what we did, and he says, let me tell you, pastors, he said, what you did was far more powerful than anything I did. Come on, the church, we need to start being the church. We need to tip this into a tipping point. Amen. The last thing that I'm going to say is that we need to understand that we need to lift it through prayer. We need to tip it through prophetic declarations and, and, and prophetic decrees that God's bringing through us. We need to shift it through prophetic acts. But we need to understand that there's a pushing again. In order for something to tip, in order for something to tip, got to push down. Okay? So we push up in the spirit and we pull down. Okay? So there is literally a place, I believe, that we've got to push against the enemy and yet push up to God at the same time. We've got to understand our spiritual weapons and we've got to wage war in those, those areas that God's called us to wage war in. But all the while, it's not about the enemy. It's about bringing heaven to earth. Connecting heaven to earth. And there's things that God wants us to do that begins to, to, to shift things, to, to pull down strongholds, to pull down thrones of iniquity, to pull down iniquitous patterns that the enemy has set up, structures, demonic structures that God has set up through generational patterns and generational idolatry over our lands. We can pull those things down by the power of God. And then, you know what we do? We build strongholds on top of the place where the enemy used to have his stronghold. And there's a release that comes. And as that comes, we begin to demonstrate the kingdom in a brand new way. Listen, gone are the days of people only coming to church to get healed. Now, I hope that you come to church and still get healed. But gone are the days where it's only about what happens from this pulpit. Determine. Now, we're, we're still going to lay hands on people. We're still going to lay hands on the sick. We're going to do what God's called us to do. But we need to understand that we are at a tipping point for this thing to go viral. It's not ever going to happen by just the pastors doing the work. Do you realize that in the body of Christ, only 2% estimate, only 2% of the body of Christ are clergy? How in the world are we going to turn the world upside down with 2%? But as the 2% train the other 98% to go out and do the same stuff that we do in the church, outside of the church. Now listen, we might have to do it a different way. Okay, but our calling is to go out there and make Jesus real any way we can. But we may have to do it different than we do, than we do it here in the church. Listen, we've taught our people how to prophesy not just inside the church, but we teach them how to prophesy outside the church. We've taught them how to lay hands on the sick inside the church, and we've taught them how to lay hands on the sick outside the church. And we need to be doing it. We need to be doing it. We need to be taking up the mantle. You say, well, I don't feel led of the Spirit. 
Do you know the only time in Scripture you find Jesus being led of the Spirit was when he went in the wilderness? Seriously. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Okay? He's our helper. Come up here and be my helper. Okay? Now, you've just been promoted to Holy Spirit for a moment. So don't let it go to your head. Okay? If I want to go over here and I want to pick up this toy box and I see something that needs to be done, okay, then I see it with my eyes and I don't just wait. Holy Spirit, lead me to go pick up the toy, the toy box. Okay, we could do it this way. We could do it this way. But if he's my helper, let me ask you this. Okay, so he's helping me to pick it up. Okay, now put now that's one way to look at it. Now put it down. Or I could say, I see something that need, I see somebody that needs to be prayed for. I see somebody that needs a word from God. I see somebody in distress. I'm going to go over there, and the Holy Spirit's going to go with me. Okay? I'm going to do it. But the Holy Spirit's going with me. Y'all see this? He's my helper. Okay? He's my helper. Okay? Now, Holy Spirit, help me. Come on, help me. Okay? Now, 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 what's the reality of what we just did? Most of the time, we're waiting for God. In truth, God is waiting for us. John G. Lake said, if the Spirit... Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's give the Holy Spirit a hand there. Yes? John G. Lake said, if, if the Holy Spirit doesn't move me, then I move the Spirit. And a lot of times we think that we're waiting on God when in truth God is waiting on us. And if we're going to tip this thing, if we're going to make Jesus real, we need to start taking initiative. We need to start looking for somebody to minister to. I'm going to close with this last story. I, I was in the store a few months ago. It's actually right before Christmas. I was in Sam's. Do you all have Sam's Club? Like, like Costco? I was in line. It was a long line. Every line was a long line because it was before Christmas. And I was frustrated. Okay, I don't do long lines well. Okay, I just don't. I had a long list and a long line ahead of me, and I, I was frustrated. And so I was looking at my watch, fidgeting, and oh, frustrated. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, rather than just feel like this is a waste of time, why don't you do something with it? So I just kind of looked around for somebody to minister to. And I just kind of looked behind me. And I saw a lady just caught her eye, you know, and I just stood there in line. And just started praying in tongues under my breath. I did not stand in line going, Jesus. Come on, I didn't start doing that. You know, they'd all got out of line. Of course, then I'd have probably got through the line faster. But, you know. I just started, like, praying in tongues under my breath. And pretty soon, just went, and then I listened. Okay, you can do all that with your eyes open, standing in line with an arm full of groceries. Okay? And I just prayed in tongues. And then I listened. I got real quick three words of knowledge. Quick words of knowledge. Okay? So I turned around and I started talking to her. And I said, well, I sure don't like waiting in long lines. And she goes, yeah, I don't either. I've got so much to do. I said, yeah, I understand. I said, but you know, while I was waiting in line, I just kind of felt like maybe I should pray for you. Is that, I hope that's all right. And she goes, yeah, I guess, I guess so. And I see her go like this. Like, is there another line that I can go get in? <laughs> I said, so I, I prayed for you. I hope that was okay. And she goes, yeah, I guess, okay, that's all right. And I said, well, and as I prayed for her, I just I kind of felt 
a couple of things. Would you mind if I just shared with you for a minute? She's like, okay, I guess that would be, yeah. She just, her, her enthusiasm was overwhelming, let me just say. And I just real quickly, probably in less than 15 seconds, just said, I felt like God wanted you to know this and this and this. And when I said those words to her, her eyes filled up with tears. And a tear started sliding down her cheek, and she leaned forward and she said, Who are you? I said, I'm just a believer, and I believe that God wanted you to know that. And she said, My husband and I are believers too, and we've been praying about those three exact things. And she said, This morning we met together and we were talking about it, and we said, We don't even know if God even. Our job is to make Jesus real. Now, in that case, I had to make Jesus real to a believer. How many of you have ever needed, been in a place in your life where you needed God to be real to you? Come on. But guess what? There's a whole world of unbelievers out there that also need Jesus to be made real. So I want to pray for you. Let's stand to our feet because there's, we, we have a, a few more things that, that we just want to do tonight before we close out. But I want to pray for you because I just really believe that God wants to impart to us a vision to begin to see the tipping point that God wants to bring us into. So let's lift up our hands and let's just begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your glory, Father God. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. We thank you, Father God, for your penetrating grace in our lives. Lord, we know that this job is not going to be accomplished by business as usual in the church. But, Father, you want to bring an awakening to your church. And you want to bring an awakening to Wasilla. And you want to bring an awakening to Anchorage. And you want to bring an awakening throughout all of Alaska so that Alaska can be that spirit pipeline down to the rest of the nation, the nation, Father God. Lord, so that it can bring us supply through the Daniels, through the Esthers, through the Deborahs that you raise up in this state. Father, we thank you, Lord, for a fresh outpouring. Lord God, that you're speaking to us about. Lord, I believe that you've called this to be a pioneer state. Lord, a pioneer state of those that are bold, those that are courageous, those that will go where others have not dared to go before, those that aren't just looking for the charted paths, those that aren't looking for the way that it's always been done. But, Father, those with a pioneer spirit. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're putting an anointing on the people of this state. Lord, you're putting an eagle anointing upon the people of this state. An anointing of the eagle, Lord, who has sharp prophetic eyes. Sharp eyes to see. And an eagle anointing, Father God, that when the winds of life, when the storms of life and winds of adversity blows against the eagle, the eagle, instead of running away from the wind, begins to fly into the wind. And the wind causes the lift. And the eagle goes higher in the storm. I thank you for that anointing on this state. I thank you, Father God that there is a Cyrus anointing upon this state. 
Lord, there's a Cyrus anointing in Isaiah 45. It says, I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, have called you. Father, you're giving the state the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. Father, I believe that you're even going to cause, Lord, resources that have been in the ground, even hidden stores of resources that have been in the ground to cause, Father God, an even greater wealth release. Father, I believe that you're saying to this state that you've been faithful in little. Now I'm going to give you much more. I'm going to give you much more. There's a wealth release. One of our our intercessors, one of our elders, saw this state coming into a brand new season of boom. Economic boom that's coming to this state. Father, I believe that this goes along with this word, Father God, that there's discoveries and uncoverings, Father God, that you're going to bring about the natural resources, the depth of the natural resources that are in the ground. No wonder there's been such a contention over this state. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the people of God, Lord, that you're bringing forth a powerful awakening. Now, let me just say this, that the apostles in Acts chapter 4, it says that they, they, that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they received great grace and grace, great power. How many of you are filled with the Holy Ghost? I want you to know all those apostles were filled with the Holy Ghost too. But they got filled again. And right now, I believe that God wants to fill you again with the Holy Ghost. Okay? God's going to fill you again. Some of you, when you believe God for the infilling of the Holy Ghost, you were only looking to get tongues. Tongues are good. Paul said, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than all of you. And we pray in tongues, it builds up our most holy faith. But you know what? God also said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And he also talked about signs and wonders and miracles. And he also talked about a mantle of revelation. That when the Holy Ghost got poured out, that your sons and daughters would prophesy. So I want us just to lift up our hands all over this place. And we're going to ask God to fill us again. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you just to make your way out of your seat and come down here to the front. And we want to pray for you real quickly. We want to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, I want you to come out of your seat right now. Come all the way down to the front. We want to pray for you. If you don't talk in other tongues, we want to pray for you. We want to release that for you. Come on. Come on. Anybody else? Come on. Quickly. Quickly. Anybody else? Anybody else? The rest of you just begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Come on, if you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, if you know you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, come on down here. Is there anybody else you don't know Jesus or you're not filled with the Holy Ghost and you're saying, man, I want my life is at a tipping point. I need something new in my life. Come on down to the front real quickly. We want to pray for you. Come on over here. Anybody else? Anybody else? You don't know Jesus or you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. We want to pray that God saves you, that God fills you. Come on up here, brother. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. All right, ladies, I want you to look.
Come on, just begin to pray in your okay. heavenly language. We're going to just pray for these now. I want you to understand something is that when Paul came to the church at Ephesus, he said to them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? So you see, it is a secondary thing to receiving Jesus in salvation. Okay? And they said, no, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And so he laid hands on them and he said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says they began to speak in tongues and they began to prophesy. Okay? Now, I don't care how many times you've been prayed for. Remember, the wall of impossibility is broken. All right? And tonight, we're going to break through, all right? Are you all ready to break through for yourselves, all right? Lift your hands up and begin to pray in tongues. We're going to begin to pray for these. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some things for my kingdom that have never 
never been done before. And the Lord says, Son, I put that spirit of the pioneer upon you, says God, to think outside the box. And the Lord says, Son, sometimes that's gotten you in trouble. And the Lord says, Son, sometimes that, that kind of burned you. But the Lord says, Son, I want you to know that the money that was lost was like a tuition in your learning towards life, says the Lord. So don't look back with grief and say, been there, done that, not going to try it again. Because you're going to need to be bold. You're going to need to be like Peter, stepping out of the boat and walking on water and doing supernatural things that have never been done before. The Lord says, Son, I want you to know that I've given you this vision, so I am your partner, and I am working with you in this endeavor, says the Spirit of God, to begin to cause it to come to pass. Write the vision and make it plain. Put it up on the web, says the Lord, because there's going to be people far and wide that are going to see it, that are going to hear it, and that are going to run with you in it, says the Spirit of the Lord. Father, I loose that blessing, and thank you for D in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this lady right here with you. Father, I bless Bethany right now. And Lord, I thank you that out of her, Father, there is a roar of the Lion of Judah that you are bringing forth. And the Lord says, daughter, that the enemy has worked overtime to try to shut down your voice. The enemy has worked overtime to try to beat you up and beat you down. The enemy has worked overtime to try to convince you that some of the things that happened in the past have disqualified you from the fullness of blessing for your future. But the Lord says he is a liar and his pants are on fire, says the Lord. The Lord says, daughter, this is a new day of liberation for you. Shake off all the old junk, says the Spirit of God. The Lord says, daughter, I have good things in store for you, says God. Don't look back at the mistakes, for I'm transforming you, says the Spirit of God. And even relationally, some of the things that you felt like you blew it, some of the things that you felt like you burnt bridges to, the Lord says, there's a season of restoration and a season of wholeness that I am bringing you into. Now, Father, I loose that to her now in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. I'm going to turn it back to Pastor Daniel for just a moment. Come on, somebody shout to God. We want to take a moment to receive an offering for the Hammonds. Uh, you want to be sure to stomp off of the book table when service is complete. There's a number of books there. Cyrus Decree has had a great impact on my life. Deborah Company. This is the best, this is the best book on dreams and visions I've ever read. It's very simple, very, very practical. Well, he wanted this. Can I give another one away? He said, give them away, right? The Deborah Company. It's for you. And uh, the Cyrus Decree. I really, I really, I believe this needs to go to D. How many of you want this book right now? Who wants it? Good. Go get it in the book. The book's here. Okay. Yeah. All right. Listen, you got to resource yourself. You have to resource yourself. Visit the book table, all right? And um, let's, ushers, if you'd help me, please. Micah, would you assist? I think we're a little short tonight. Some of our guys couldn't be here. Thank you so much. And uh, could I have a couple of our Dream Center dudes? Whoever, you know who you would be. Yeah, thank you. Could you help us? 
All right. You need an envelope tonight to record your giving. Just slip your hand up. Listen, you need to understand that sometimes the offering is misunderstood. It's a tremendous act of worship. You need to understand that what you're doing right now makes a difference. You're planting the seeds. This is not some, you know, tipping God thing. This is a very holy moment where we can release a seed, a financial seed, into the good soil of what we just heard and the ministry that's to come. And some of you aren't prepared to do that tonight, so you can pray and be here at some of the other meetings. You can be ready for that. We'll be taking love offerings and all the different services tomorrow morning at 10. Don't miss it. Now, um, we don't sell CDs. We just record and give it away free. It's on a podcast, so you can go to kcalaska.com and check. Click on the podcast there and subscribe on iTunes on your computer. If you don't know what that means, I'm going to pray for you at the end of service. I'm just kidding. Uh, you can also, sort of. You can also uh, see it live uh, or record it anyway on Ustream. There's a recorded. All the prophetic words have been recorded. Everything's recorded. So if you're like, I didn't catch that part. Well, you can just so subscribe to the podcast or go get it off of our website when you go to Ustream. Is that okay? Did you do that? All right. Praise God. I know some of you still have eight-track tape players. Hallelujah. So we're going to sow a seed into the good soil of the Hammonds. What a word. If you've been here, if you've been had your finger on the pulse of what's been said over our state over the past four weeks, you just summarized everything that's happened through this call and through the burn. And You know, I mean, it's just we're, we're right in step. Isn't that right, Pastor? Some of you guys know. Isn't that right? Isn't that amazing, Pastor Rick? Right? Guys? Amen? Some of you know. Awesome. All right making out a check, make it out to KC. We will send them one check. Bless them. All of this goes, none of this goes to our expenses. This all goes to them. I want you to know that. All goes to their ministry. Bless them. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say praise God. All right. Now, if you're not ready, you don't have money, just borrow some from your next door neighbor. Ushers, please come. Tomorrow morning at Tomorrow night at Sunday morning, go back to your own home church. Pastors, you can thank me later. I just, you know, you should go where you're committed. All right? You can miss anything. Come back Sunday night. If you don't have a service Sunday night at your church, you come. And uh, Sunday night, 6 o'clock. It's a little early, so we'll go longer. Start an hour earlier and get after it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for feast so blessed so thankful come on you just would you just thank him thank you Jesus it's not fallen on deaf ears we're gone down into our hearts and been activated say yes. We say yes to the words spoken over us. We'll be used to tip the bowls. We will be used to tip the bowls of incense in heaven. We will see an awakening, not only in our own lives, God, in our families, in our community, in our churches, Lord, in our state.
decree and declare awake. Would you say that with me? Awake. Say it three times. Awake. Awake. Awake, we say to the land. To the church. To your people. To our own hearts. No longer apathetic and lethargic. No longer weary. Strengthened with might. To release the power of the kingdom. Everywhere we go. We thank you for these powerful prophetic words that have been spoken over our lives. Stir us up, God, even tonight. As we rest, I pray for dreams. As we go, I pray for visions. You'd bless the heavens, God. You'd bless our own home churches that are here sowing into Alaska. We give you glory and honor. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Ushers, go right. your hands together for what God's doing. If you, need, if you need to slip out, we understand. If you want to stick around for a little bit, we're, they're, they're just going to flow in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. You just want to minister the anointing of God. How many know the word of the Lord brings life? And the word of the Lord brings strength. I like my brother here. To, the, this is your family? or My brother right here. Why don't you stand up? What's your name? Austin? You guys? Huh? Yeah. And you guys married? All right, why don't you stand up just for a second. The Lord says, son, I want you to know I know your heart. 
And I know the questions that you've walked through, even in this last season, where you tried to figure some things out, and you felt like, did I get the right answers? I don't know if I did even the right thing. But the Lord says you made some quality choices in the midst of some difficult circumstances. And the Lord says, I'm bringing a new manhood to you and a capacity to be able to handle circumstances that before uh, tried to break you, but you'll find that I'm going to work with you to help you in some of these things that you have offered to me. Just say, Lord, I want to be the kind of man that you need. And the Lord says, son, there's a strength inside of you you have yet to tap into. And there's a great tenderness inside of your heart. At times, it's almost felt like you were vulnerable because you got hurt, because you tried to do too much and you did it in your own strength. But the Lord says, even this is a new day for you and you're going to find that you're going to find amazing progress is going to happen in your life. And even I see God bringing restoration and catch up for you where the, some of the time that you felt like you lost or some of the things you thought you'd lost. God says restoration's coming back into your life. And I see that God uh, has given some aspirations inside of you about looking to the future. And God says there's still some training and equipping that's going to happen for you and that it's going to help you out. You ask for help. The Lord says, I will. I will. And I just see that there's going to be like some checklists and you're going to check some things off. You're going to say, I don't know how I did that, but look at that. And you're going to look back at your life and say, Lord, you help me. And because of that, you're going to have a big heart to be able to help other people. And God's going to give you that capacity and that ability. I see you helping people that don't have any way to get ahead. And you're going to say, hey, let me show you some things. And the Lord says, you've learned some things the hard way, but you're going to find you're going to learn some things the easy way this next season because it's easy when you obey, says the Lord, because I help you along the way. And the Lord says, uh, sister, uh, the Lord says, you have a good heart. And you've uh, kind of persevered in some circumstances with your life where it had been easy to kind of give up or just you almost did give up at one point, but God says, I intervened in your mind, even at your heart. And I see even at night, there's some things that have come to you that are good. And God's deposited some things inside of you. And there's a piece about your life that's different than what you've known before. And I see that you're going to have a lot to give. It's like you're an oasis in a desert place. It's like people are going to come and drink. And they're going to say, I'm refreshed and I'm blessed. And so the Lord says he's well pleased with your heart. And I see that you've offered some things that are very precious to you. And it was like you said, okay, God, it's a little hard for me because I'm really afraid. But I just see as you did, you put them on the altar, God says, good. And because you offered what was precious, the Lord says he's going to give very sweet, precious things to you. And you're going to find relationally that he's mending some things inside of you that uh, you've seen other things that went awry. And you said, God, I don't want to go down that path. That's not what's for me. I don't want to believe for that. And the Lord says there's a shifting. Even tonight, something happened in the midst of worship and even as you've been in his presence. And God's realigned some things that you're going to find that it's going to be easier for you to do some of the things that you've had inside of you. And the relational issues are going to work right for you. And are going to be a great blessing in your life. Amen. The sister right behind them. The sister right behind them. Could you just stand? What's your name? What is it? Liz. I just hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, uh, Daughter, I want you to know that I'm in covenant with you regarding your family, your children. Do you have grandchildren? I feel like there's uh, uh, grandchildren that have tremendous call. I see a, a little boy and a little girl that have a tremendous call of God upon their lives. And I hear the Lord saying, Daughter, I'm going to be faithful to you from generation to generation to generation. And that there's something that's happening in your family during this season of time because you've been crying out. I feel like that there's been some, some simple steps of obedience, some things that God's asked you to do over these recent days. And they were like prophetic 
acts that release some things in the spirit. You kind of felt foolish doing them, but I felt like the Lord said, daughter, uh, you obeyed me, and that was the important thing. Now watch and receive the harvest of your labor, says the spirit of the Lord. Father, we bless her with that in Jesus' name. Amen. This young gentleman right here. Yes. What's your name? Andrew, the Spirit of the Lord says, Son, I want you to know that you were like a stallion out running in the field. And the Lord said, I lassoed you. I captured you, says the Lord. And the Lord says, I brought you in. Now I'm teaching you to put a bit in your mouth, says the Lord. The Lord says, Son, that I am putting a bit in your mouth. And the Lord says that the reason that, a, that somebody puts a bit in the mouth of a horse is to begin to, to be able to, so that the horse can get rain trained. And the Lord says, I'm rain training you so that I can sit upon you and ride you, says the Lord. So that when I just have the slightest little indication, you're going to know how to be, how to move, how to go this way, how to go that way, how to be fit for the master's use. But the Lord says, in the midst of all that, there's been a breaking process. And the Lord says, son, you have bucked and you have kicked and you have and you've made a lot of noise. But the Lord says, I'm bigger and I'm stronger than you. And the Lord says, son, that I want you to understand too that I've watched you bow your knee and I've watched you say, God, whatever it takes. And I took you at your word. The Lord says, son, that I've been bringing you to the bottom of yourself so that I could begin to build my kingdom in you. And the Lord says, son, the reason is because I want to do great things in you and through you. But the Lord says, son, it's so not going to be about you. It's going to be about me and it's going to be about my kingdom. And the Lord says, son, I put greatness inside of you. And you don't need to apologize to anybody for that. But don't let ambition drive you. Let my Holy Spirit be the one that motivates you. Only move by the things of my spirit. Because the Lord says, son, your feet are going to be upon many nations in your lifetime. Your feet will be upon many nations, many, many different soils, says the Spirit of the Lord. And the word of the Lord will be in your mouth. I'm putting a prophetic mantle on you, says the Lord. But the Lord says, son, you're going to have to learn to listen. And the Lord says, there's going to be times I'm going to speak to you, and I'm not going to let you share anything with anybody. You're going to have to listen and pray, listen and pray. And I'm going to give you a mentor, and they'll be the only one that you get to share with, says the Lord. But the time will come where you'll prophesy over leaders of nations, over pastors of churches and over kings. So the Lord says, son, get busy in the training of my word. Be diligent in prayer and understand that I've put a great thing inside of you, says the Lord. And I'm not going to let you sell out, says the Lord, for gold or glory or girls, says the Lord. I'll give you the wife. I'll give you the wife that's going to be the right kind of woman to come alongside of you, says the Lord. But you're not going to be led aside and distracted by other things because your heart's going to be holy after me, says the Lord. I've seen something in you and I'm putting my hand upon it, says the Lord. I'm putting the bit in your mouth and reining you in so that I can saddle and ride you in this new season, says the Lord. Bless him, Father. Hallelujah. My brother right here in the, on that road, the, the middle one, yeah. Yeah, what's your name? What's it? Garth? All right. The Lord says, son, I've singled you out for my purposes, and I put my glory upon your life, and I brought you to a place where you had to bow your knee, and there's a covenant that you made. And even as you came in agreement with my will and my purpose for you, the Lord says, there's even now a strengthening that's coming to you where you felt weak. And there were some things that you uh, really struggled with, even in your mind, about how to move forward. And you didn't know if you really could take those steps. But the Lord says, even baby steps are progress. And the Lord says, as you move forward in me, you're going to see that I have a high calling upon your life and that you will be a voice for me. And there's an Elijah anointing upon your life where you will have a prophetic call and you will deal with a confrontation even with the enemy, says the Lord. And you will not be afraid of even dark powers because you will know that the greater one lives inside of you, says the Lord. And the Lord says, son, uh, even some of the things that you contended in, uh, with as you were growing up and you were
exposed to is only going to give you a greater capacity to understand the hand of the enemy and my hand now being displayed in power, says the Lord. And the Lord says, son, there's an anointing even as you wait upon me and you're going to see that I'm going to do you with power from on high. And it's not going to be something that's wrong, but it's going to be that which is of me and it's going to be right. So trust me and you're going to learn how to trust my voice and trust my way. And the Lord says you will speak boldly in your day to this generation. Now, Father, I just anoint him now in the name of Jesus. My brother right here, what's your name? What's your name? Stephen. The Lord says, Stephen, I've given you a tender heart, but there's been times when you allowed a lot of other things to kind of lead you because you were kind of just following what you thought would be okay, and it didn't turn out okay, and it even uh, tried to lay a trap for you along the way. But the Lord says, son, uh, I want you to know I've exposed some things, not so you would be ashamed, but that you would see things rightly and so that you could step up to the plate. And the Lord says, I've made you to be a winner in this life. I've made you to be an overcomer in this life, and I've made you to be one that will pave the way for others. You will not be a follower. You will be a leader, says the Lord. There is a strength of character that you have yet to tap into. But when you do, says the Lord, you will know who you are in me in such a way that everybody will know. And you will not just be timid and quiet by the wayside, but you're going to be bold and strong. But yet, there's something I'm teaching you. And I see almost like in your system, there's something where you had to fidget or you had to kind of figure out. It wasn't settling inside. But I just see God readjusting some things for you emotionally. And even in your physical body, there's something happening for you. Even as I'm praying right now. And the Lord says there's going to come a settleness to your soul. And it's going to give you a capacity to be able to make that steady, stable progress. And you're not going to be up and down and in between. But you're going to find that there's a capacity for you to put one step in front of another and to advance. And I see you having a family that's stable. And the Lord says, son, I'm going to give what you ask because you ask in faith, I'm going to show you that I'm a good God. And I know how to give you what will really be lasting and pleasing in your life. And the Lord says there's a rest for your soul. And it almost there was a weariness that almost wore you out at a young age. I don't know what that was about. But there was an assignment against your life. But the Lord says that's changing today in the name of Jesus. And I see a lot of joy. Just a lot of joy. And just receive it now. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we bless Kathy right now. And the Lord says, daughter, I want you to know that I have made you to be a watchman intercessor, says the Lord. The Lord says, daughter, and because of that, you're learning how to watch in the spirit past the natural. The Lord says, I'm teaching you how to look past the natural into the realm of the supernatural. And the Lord says, and at the same time, it seems like all hell has broken loose against you to try to distract, to try to upset the apple cart, to try to, 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 to divert attention. But the Lord says, daughter, I want you to understand that there is a fresh anointing and a fresh mantle that I'm bringing upon you for this hour and for this season, says the Spirit of God. And I'm giving you prophetic eyes to see that not all is as it seems, says the Lord. There have been some natural situations with family. There have been some natural situations even with some business things. And there have been some natural situations with ministry. It's like all the different areas of your life, all at the same time, 
time have uh, have had a, a little whirlwinds taking place around about them. But the Lord says, daughter, I want you to know that I am giving you prophetic eyes to be able to see through the whirlwind to see what I am wanting to do in this season of time. Now, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are loosing that to her right now, Father God. Lord, that prophetic mantle, that prophetic capacity, and that watchman anointing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's clap our hands. Amen. We have another pastor that has slipped in. Pastor Barry, would you come? Put your hands together for Pastor Barry at Harvest Chapel. We honor you and bless you tonight. It's okay if they prophesy over you. Oh, wonderful. Amen. Reach your hands towards me. To, to minister to those that are leading. And so, Father, I thank you for Pastor Barry. And I just agree with your high calling upon his life. And the Lord says, Son, I want you to know that I put that vision inside of you. And yes, it's been even refined and realigned, but I don't want you to know I haven't changed my mind. That there's there that which I put inside of you that's going to strive for that which seems almost out of reach. But I put it inside of you to build sure foundations first and to be able to establish things in a way that will stay, says the Lord. And even though uh, others have tried to say, but it's not there yet, and that's all they could see, the Lord says, Son... That's not what it's about. It's about what I've done already and that which I've established to prepare the way. Even as uh, my servant, John the Baptist, was a, a great prophet, one of the greatest of his day, and yet uh, he laid down his life and let go of some things that other things could be increased. And the Lord says, I've seen your heart as you've been willing to walk in humility and say, God, whatever it takes is what I want to do, is who I want to be. And the Lord says, Son, even as you've had that heart of sacrifice and you've had that heart of willingness, I want you to know you've laid some things down that were not easy and there was almost like an assignment against your life and against that which was good inside. But the Lord says, Son, I want you to know uh, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And there is a breathing of my breath even upon some of the things that seemingly have died. And I'm going to bring back even a fullness of strength and a capacity into your hands. And even financially, there's a, an assignment that the enemy has tried that he could bring to, cry, to bring that distraction and, and, and to try to divide. But I want you to know this is a new day that I've purposed for you. And I'm setting some things straight in this hour, says the Lord. And even some things that went sour, I'm going to be the restorer of the soul. I'm going to be the th one that brings some things back uh, in a right way that will not have a wrongful influence in the midst of, of what you're called to be and do. And the Lord says, son, you had to hold yourself steady. You had to keep yourself from uh, allowing things to, to pressurize and push you into a certain uh, frame of mind. But the Lord says, son, as you continue to, uh, to lean upon me and to believe, I've made you a man after my own heart, and I've given you that Davidic calling purposely. And even though my servant David did go through his time and it seemed like everything was going contrary and yet I fulfilled my word in the end and I brought him forth in that kingly anointing and the Lord says you are not only going to be one that has that crown upon your head but I'm going to bring ones I'm going to bring business people alongside of you in this day I'm going to bring ones that have their strength and they're not going to do uh, wrongly with that which I've given to them but they're going to offer it freely and they're going to work rightly underneath and the Lord says son uh, I have a covering for you to step into in this hour I just see some realignments and some connectedness that's going to happen for you that's going to cause you to be able to be more free to do what you're called to do and be who you're called to be and the Lord says don't be afraid of the new things don't be afraid of the new day uh, I see some words that are kind of spoken behind the scenes that fill uh, filters through to you and it feels like oh God what is that all about but I, the Lord says shake the dust off of your feet and just do what I ask you to and I'll be the one that preserves and 
and, and protects and overshadows and brings forth the very best for your purpose and for your calling to be fulfilled, says the Lord. The Lord says, Son, I love you. You are the apple of my eye, and you are great in my eyes, says the Lord, and you're going to do great things for me. Do not be... Uh, uh, let anyone despise who you are in this time because the beginning of things is not the end, says the Lord. It's just uh, uh, that uh, the sprouting forth. And the Lord says the full is yet to be seen and you're going to see the fullness of what I have called you to be yet says the Lord in this land and in this time. Don't give up and don't give away your inheritance because the Lord says the best is yet to come, says the Lord. Amen. Um, I feel like I feel like you're stepping into a season of a double portion, and I, I feel like there is a, a capacity that God has put in you that's very very apostolic. You're uh, you're an apostolic builder. I mean, God has put something inside of you that has been kind of hemmed in in this last season, and it's been very frustrating to you to not be able to feel like you can really step step into that. But I really feel like God's bringing you into that shifting season to, to step into that apostolic dimension like never before. But I also see a very strong prophetic dimension that God has put inside of you. And and it's like people will say, is, is, he, an, is he an apostle or is he a prophet? And the answer will be yes. Okay, and, and you don't need to try to get caught up in, in either one, but I feel like there's a, a phenomenal increase in prophetic revelation that God's bringing to you. There's You're a man of the Word, a real revelation that's coming from the Word, but also just really hearing God's Spirit, but being able to apostolically build with what God is saying in a whole new way. So, Father, I thank you for a new season of a double portion. Father, that as Elijah, uh, Father God, released a mantle to Elisha, Father God, Elisha came into the season of the double portion. So, Father, I thank you that this is his double portion season. And, Father God, up until that point, Elisha had never even done one miracle. But after that, his life was marked by miracle after miracle after miracle. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, for a fresh mantle of the miraculous upon this man of God as well, Lord. For a brand new season, a brand new day, a defining moment, a tipping point in his life, Father God, that brings him into the fullness of destiny in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That sister that came up here, uh, sat beside me. Where are you at? Just stand up with your family. Where are you at? She's still here. Ask for prayers. She sat up here by me. Where are you at? Am I missing her? She leave? Okay. She had to go. Okay. You tell her that we're praying for her. Okay. All right. Somebody say praise the Lord. Come on, give your best hand clap together. Lift your voice and thank the King of Kings. Come on, stand up on your feet. Thank Him right out loud. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank Him right out loud. Lord, we thank You and we praise You. We exalt You and magnify You. With every head bowed, every eye closed, those online, those listening by podcast, if you're not right with God tonight, we never want to close any of our services without giving an opportunity for you to give your heart to Jesus. So if you're here... And you want to get right with God. You're not sure whether your sins are forgiven. You've never received Jesus into your heart. You've never repented of your sin. Never asked the Lord to be your Lord. To be to be your God. And to wash you and to cleanse you. You want to receive Jesus for the first time. Or maybe you want to make a recommitment to Him. All across this place. Again, those under the sound of my voice. You want to get right with God for the first time or a recommitment. Just slip your hand up right now. Would you agree with me? I see that hand. God bless you. Would you just affirm your faith? Or if you raise your hand or whether you raise your hand or not. 
just meant business with God, sincerely with God. Pray with me right out loud. Just right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. And thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Wash me. Cleanse me. Forgive me of all my sin. Make me new. And use me to fulfill all of my purpose in the earth. Fill me with your spirit. Give me a hunger for your word and a hunger for the things of God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me just pray for you, Father. Fill, touch, break every bondage, every chain. Bless your people, God. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them, Lord. Be gracious to them. Keep them. Give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope to see you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Saturday night at 7. Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. Or go back to your own church. We'll see you all here. Big Body of Christ event. Sunday night at 6. Sunday night at 6 p.m. God bless you. You can go to kcalaska.com. Click on the podcast. We'll try to have it up by tonight if we can. Can we do that, Micah? We'll have the podcast up so you can download that, listen to your prophetic words, write them out. Be blessed tonight. You can also go to uh, our website and find the, the live video. We just love you. A special honor to all the pastors and churches that came representing tonight. We love you. Praise God. God's on the throne. The devil has been defeated. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Bless you.